Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming to church on a snow day. Woohoo! You are awesome. You're the best. Hey, uh, you can just pretty much know that we're going to have church. Uh, so just the default is always going to be church. It's going to happen no matter what the weather is, is like. And if you can make it, which obviously you could, uh, good to see you. Glad you're here. Uh, and just let, let the word be known that uh, we want you to be safe. We don't want you to do anything that would put you at peril. But how many of you know being cooped up in the house can make you unsafe? Right, so uh, some of us just need to get out and, uh, and, and do something. So glad you're here. You're, you are incredible. Uh, and we welcome everybody that's checking us out online. Thank God we have that capacity now. Uh, so uh, we're just going to have a great day today. One service. That means I can preach as long as I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It won't be too long. <laughs> That's all relative, isn't it? Hey, so tomorrow uh, starts a 21-day prayer season for us as a church. Our ushers are going to hand out cards to you that kind of let you know what's going on with 21 days of prayer. And uh, we usually have two uh, prayer seasons like this in the life of our church. Um, one at the beginning of the year to kind of launch our year. And I think everybody understands why we would start our year that way. And then in August, as we're getting ready to ramp into the fall season, uh, we like to have another prayer season for our church. This is a house of prayer. Uh, we, we love to pray around here. We love to seek God. We know that, that prayer opens up things that nothing else could open up. And so uh, it's, it's a vehicle that God's given us to seek after him, to open our hearts, and to see God move mightily in the earth. You don't have to watch the news for very long to realize that we need God to move in the earth. Come on. We do. And, uh, and he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, uh, I'll hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And I'm ready for that. I hope you are too. So, uh, so I want to invite you to be a part of our 21 days of prayer. We like to come together to pray. And so uh, we have prayer times on Monday morning, Wednesday morning, Friday morning, 6.30 to 7.30 a.m., and then we have, for those of you who don't like to get up early, uh, we have Tuesday evening and Thursday evening prayer at 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. And uh, I would just love to encourage you to be here. We are not going to have our, our prayer time tomorrow, which we would normally be having because it's still going to be like 10 degrees and ice on the road and there wouldn't be any um, sunshine out. So tomorrow we're going to postpone. That would normally be our first day to start, but then we'll start up on Tuesday. The road should clear up by then. And I just want to encourage you, uh, if you can't come out here, just make it a part of your own uh, journey to start this year to invest some significant time uh, into praying and seeking after God. Uh, that is a beautiful thing to do. Uh, if you want to take it to this level, um, our staff team is, uh, we are starting tomorrow a 40-day journey as a team. And uh, so the challenge before us as a team is to uh, read at least five chapters a day in our Bible every day to pray for three hours every day. I'm kidding. To pray for three hours every week uh, as, as a minimum. And then some kind of uh, physical challenge, just, you know, move towards taking care of yourself. 
whether it's fasting or, or whether it's uh, adjusting something in exercise or just doing something where you say, I'm going to take care of myself so I can be strong for what God has for me for this year. 40 days. Uh, it, if you wanted to jump in with us, it would be a cool thing. We're going to do it as a, as a team. And uh, I love these kind of seasons. I love seasons where you go, I'm just going to, I'm going to make myself better. I'm just, I'm just going to make myself better. And so, and I want to remind everybody, I feel like I want to say this all the time, that uh, if you say, okay, I want to pray for three hours a week, and I'm going to read five chapters of my Bible every day, that is not your righteousness, right? That's just discipline, and discipline is good. The Bible says, he who forsakes discipline in the book of Proverbs despises himself. So you feel good about yourself when you are disciplining yourself, and it's good for you. It gets you in shape spiritually, and um, your righteousness is a gift given to you by what Jesus has done on the cross. Faith embraces that. Faith accepts that. So if you say, I'm going I'm to read five chapters a day, and you miss a day, God still loves you. It doesn't, and you know, but, but it's just a good thing for your soul to pursue spiritual disciplines for the glory of God. Everybody got that? Good. Awesome. I'm glad you're here today because I am really excited about this message that I have uh, to teach today. We are, we are talking about head gains. Um, and uh, we're in a journey, we're actually in a journey through 2 Corinthians, but I've kind of parked for a while in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 because this concept to me is such a, an, an immense concept that makes such a big difference in our lives. And this, uh, today's message is going to be entitled, uh, This Year's mental model. This year's model, but this year's mental model. So I want us to, to read a couple of verses together, and uh, I just want to start us and kind of get us all on the same page on the idea that we're talking about. Second Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, and according to the natural, we're just in the natural life. We eat, we sleep, we uh, eat, um, we eat, we eat, um, we sleep, and get up, go to work, that sort of thing. We don't war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of strongholds. We are destroying speculations, and uh, I, I like the translation that says reasonings. We are destroying reasonings and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, I think there is like this huge idea that is, that is in this passage. Um, the battle we're in is a spiritual battle, and it, and it tells us this, that there are thoughts that we are having, and thoughts are coming at us at an unbelievable rate. We're thinking them at an unbelievable rate. Um, there are thoughts that turn into reasonings that turn into strongholds. And this is happening in every one of our lives. Uh, these thoughts are lofty things that are raised up against the knowledge of God. So they are, in fact, thoughts that don't factor God into the equation. 
thoughts that don't factor God, the power of God, or the desires of God into the equation of what we're thinking. So you will hear all kinds of lofty thoughts on the news or in a movie or through, through music or whatever that are not uh, acknowledging the existence of God and, and the involvement of God. But you'll also have kinds of thoughts that are fearful thoughts, Thoughts that, that are agitated thoughts, thoughts that are worried thoughts, that, that actually don't factor in God. And the Bible tells us that we are supposed to take every thought captive. So all of us, we have these thoughts in our head. We have, we have thoughts that we've learned that may or may not be right. Somebody say, man. We have thoughts that we've made up or that our, uh, our brain has somehow come up with some crazy idea. We have family thoughts, the way your family did things. Uh, we have thoughts that our culture gives us so whether you're from the South or the North or whether you're from America or India or Europe or an Asian country, you would have different thoughts that are formed by the culture that you grow up in. We have, we have worldly thoughts, that is, thoughts that are in, in touch with the kingdom of the world, that are, this is the way the world thinks, thoughts that really don't factor in the existence of God and don't factor in the ways of God or the standards of God. How I many of you know there's a lot of thoughts going on in your head? And then, then the truth is, all of us have these coping with life thoughts, so we, we've been in a situation that may have been difficult or may have been hard. We grew up in a family situation that wasn't the healthiest, or we've been in a, a, a different an environment or a season, and we've kind of developed these thoughts about how to cope with life uh, with what has been handed to us sometimes. And so the collection of all of those thoughts have turned into your reasonings. Like, when, you know, when I see people do uh, terrorist activity, and, and my line of reasoning goes, how does somebody do this? How does somebody walk into a room where innocent people are and start shooting them? I, I don't understand that. It doesn't... But, but to them, it actually is a, a reasoning that makes sense to the way that they do life. And, and I'm just saying, I'm not saying any of you are terrorists, but what I am saying is that you and I have, have this whole collection of thoughts that have turned into our reasonings that have then eventually built into our strongholds. So there, there, we all have this way of, of looking at life. We have this way of thinking. We have this way of, of seeing things or evaluating things. We all have this way of acting or behaving or reacting or reasoning that let me just let us all be honest with ourselves. 
those ways may or may not be helping you live your best life in God. You know, we, we all have these things that, that have just become mechanisms and coping ideas and, and just thoughts that have come into our, the way that we think, and now it's become a stronghold, and now it's, it's holding us in places where we can't find a job that we ever like and that we can function in, or we keep go running through relationships left and right, or we, you know, we keep running through churches left and right, or we keep running through all kinds of situations that it's, we're wondering what's going on, why is this? And I mean, at some point, come on, let's, let's, be, let's be real. Well, you might, you might be able to tell somebody else this idea. Sometimes you got to stop and go, maybe the common denominator is, is me, right? You can't just keep saying it's them, it's them, it's them if it keeps happening over and over and over in our life. And we have to go, the common denominator in all this is, is me. Maybe I've got a stronghold. You know, maybe I've got a reasoning. Maybe I've got a collection of thoughts that have turned into a way that I'm not even thinking about how this is all happening for my life. So 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says the weapons of our warfare are not of the natural, but they are actually divinely powerful weapons. The weapons that God has given us are divinely powerful for destroying strongholds. And I want to suggest to you uh, something that I believe to be true with all of my heart is that God's words and God's ideas and God's way, God's line of reasoning, if you will, are not just thoughts that we compare to our thoughts and we go, oh, I think I'll choose God's thought on this, but I'll choose my thought on that that we are actually looking at the Word of God and realizing that there is a divine, supernatural power that's in the Word of God. And that power can, can break strongholds. That power can accomplish things. That power can cause us to succeed. So I started this idea a few weeks back uh, in December, but I didn't get to pursue it as much as I'd like to, and I want to go after it a little bit today. Hebrews 4, and all this is set up. Uh, I'm, my message is coming in about 10 minutes. So this is all set up. Hebrews 4, verse 12 10 or so minutes. For the Word of God is living, that's zoe, full of the life of God. The Word of God is full of the life of God and active, energe, which is, means energy. So the Word of God is full of the life of God and full of the energy of God and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. So the Word of God divides between soul and and spirit, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your reasonings, your strongholds, or your spirit of both joints and marrows and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the, the word of God, God's word is full of the life and the energy of God. So God's thoughts are not just thoughts. God's thoughts can, and God's word and God's way contains the power to fulfill itself. So the power to heal is in the Word of God. If you, if you are in need of healing and you get a hold of the word, what the Word of God has to say about healing, the power to heal is in the Word. Come on. 
The power to, to bless your life is in the Word of God. The power to give you peace is in the Word of God. The power to fill your heart with love is in the Word of God. The power to give you hope, the power to save is in the Word of God. God's Word is not just thoughts that we think that we go, oh, I'm going to change my thoughts for God's thoughts, or I'm just going to keep my thoughts. No, God's thoughts are full of the power that fulfills them. Yeah. Amen. I love that idea. And, and the, 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 the concept behind the Word of God divides between soul and spirit. The, the, the Greek word is merismos. The, it divides between soul and spirit. God's Word is a spirit language, not a soul language. So, John chapter 6, this is the way Jesus said it, uh, it's the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing, the words that I've spoken to you are spirit and are life. So, God speaks from his word to your spirit. That's the language. The language is spirit. If you've heard somebody speaking in a foreign language that you're not familiar with, it usually sounds like gibberish. <laughs> it's hard to make end uh, meet until you start to learn that language. God's word doesn't just speak to your mind. It speaks to your spirit. And what I think happens for a lot of us is that we are living out of our soul instead of out of our spirit. Our soul, our mind, our will, that is what we choose to do, our emotions, the way we feel about it, our reasonings, our logic, our strongholds are, are, in our, are within our soul. But there is a, there is a, a logic that is not illogical, but it's a spirit logic. The weapon, the Bible says that we walk, we don't war according to the natural, the flesh. The war that we end, the war that's going on in your head, the war that's going on within you is not just a natural thing, it's actually a spiritual thing. And so there is a difference between just reasoning things out in your head and letting that be what sets direction or the ability to evaluate in your life. And there's a difference between that and God's word speaking to your spirit that causes you to evaluate life from a different angle. So I'm saying that your spirit knows stuff that your head hasn't caught up with yet. Your, your spirit can goes, aha. Your spirit goes, that's right. Your spirit can give you peace even when everything around you would not seem to be lending toward peace. Your spirit can give you breakthrough when you can't figure out in your head how it could happen, but now all of a sudden a word from God has spoken to your spirit, and now you're believing for something that your head hasn't caught up with yet, but your spirit's got it. 
Can anybody hear what I'm saying? So the truth is, the, the more we move from a soul-centered kind of life to a spirit-centered, and next week I'm going to talk about that uh, if we don't have another snow day, but, uh, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, if we're going to have a snow day, uh, about, the, about the, the, how you set your mind on your spirit and, and what that can do for your life. But it makes, the truth is, when you start living out of your spirit as center, it makes all the sense in the world to me that God is faithful. It makes all the sense in the world to me that God is good. It makes all the sense in the world to me that God can change things, turn things around in a moment, that he can make a difference, that God can take the things that have been tended for evil toward me, but he can turn them into good things. The logic of my soul is always trying to figure it out. It's always trying to calculate exactly what can happen, always reacting to what I see or hear or smell or touch or taste. But the logic of my spirit is going, God said. A.W. Tozer gave us this great, great quote, faith awakens to the voice of truth and responds to no other sound. I just want to say to you that there's something about, I think this is why it's valuable to be in church. Because when you hear a word that starts to speak to your spirit, I think this is why it's valuable to read your Bible on a regular basis. Because you never know when the Holy Spirit is going to go, this one's for you. And that thing will come alive in your spirit, and your head will go, I don't even know how that is going to happen. But your spirit goes, but God said. And when you've got that, but God said, going on inside of you, that is a, that, those weapons are divinely powerful for tearing down those stupid strongholds that have been holding you back. All right, let me give you this. So, so in somewhere in the month of December, somewhere in there, November, December, the Holy Spirit spoke a word to me about God's promise to our church for, uh, for 2017. If you're part of this church, this is your promise. Amen. And uh, you can take it for yourself anyway, even if you're not part of this church. That's okay. But Psalms uh, 65 Verse 9 through 13, reading out of the New Living Translation, it says this. Can you believe it says this in the Bible? You take care of the rock church. It actually says you take care of the earth. But I want you to put your name in there. You take care of the rock church. You take care of my work, my job, my life. My family. Put yourself in there. That's what you. That's how. That's how we read the Bible, right? We personalize the Bible. You take care of the rock church and water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty. Somebody say plenty. Plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain for you have ordered it so. You drench the plowed ground with rain, 
Melting the clods. Come on, I am looking forward to seeing some clods melted and leveling the ridges. You soften the earth with showers and bless its abundant crops. Here you go. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Come on, anybody get in the picture? The grasslands of the wilderness become a lush pasture. The hillsides blossom with joy. The meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep and the valleys are carpeted with grain. They all shout and sing for joy. Come on, man. That, that, so every time when I wake up in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, I am, I am thinking about this because I am, I am ordering my logic by the promise from the Word of God. I am shaping my paradigm for how to process life by the promise of God, not by the set of circumstances that are around me. And I'm saying that if you will get a word that resonates with your spirit, because you may be facing something different than I'm facing, but I can be sure that you're facing something. And maybe you need healing, or maybe you need a job, or maybe you need a relationship, or maybe you need a breakthrough for your life. But if you get a word that resonates with your spirit, a promise from God that can speak to your spirit, and your spirit can go, yes, your spirit can go, aha, your spirit can go, amen. And all of a sudden, it will guide you, it will guide your thinking, it will guide your mindset, it will guide your emotions. Emotions. It shapes you. Okay, I'm done setting up. Now I'm going to get to my message, okay? The, it's 2017. See what you can learn when you come to church? It's 2017. It's not 2016. It's not 2006. It's not 1997. This is a new year. God has something in his heart for you this year that is a different thing than last year or five years ago or 10 years ago or three years ago. And I am encouraging you to get this year's model going in your head. Don't carry all the pain, all the mistakes, all the negativity, all the mishaps of 2016 into 2017. That's over, done, washed aside. This is a fresh new year. Just because something's been one way in the past doesn't mean it has to be that way in the future. So Mark chapter 1, let me, let me read this and unpack this idea for a few moments. Mark chapter 1, verse 14, after John, everybody say after John. 
After John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee. After John, Jesus, preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus is saying this, a new season is on docket. A new season is upon you. A new chapter is about to be written. He's saying repent, which we often look at in terms of behavior, but the truth is repent literally means change your mind. Because when you change your mind, you end up changing your behavior. Repent. Get a new mental model that fits this season. Get a new mental model that fits God's promise to you in this season. Not a mental model that you have made up to cope with last year. Come on, or three years ago. Or f- In other words, get a mental model that's for this year, that's built out of this year's promise. You can't keep running. You won't be able to run this year's race with last year's mental model. With the mental model of 10 years ago. With the mental model of that you developed when you were growing up with an odd little situation and you keep carrying it into this year, last year, the year before, the year before. I'm suggesting to you that we understand this idea. There is a good thing about things coming to an end because it opens the door for a new beginning. The Bible says, after John, now it's Jesus. Come on, you read through the Bible, after Moses, now it's Joshua, right? After Saul was king, now David's king. After Peter in the book of Acts, now comes Paul. After winter... Here comes spring. Am I ready for it? Ah, I'm already there. <laughs> I'm already there. There's always a spring after your winter. God is in charge of times and seasons. And what some people saw, people who got accustomed to the era of John had to now get a new model because now it's the season of Jesus. Anybody really hearing what I'm saying? Come on, you got accustomed to coping, but God's saying, I don't want you just to cope. I want you to thrive. I want you to flourish. I want you to live in blessing. I'm not just, I don't want you just to keep having mental models of how to cope. I want you to have mental models that walk you into God's very best for your life. 
The way things were in John's day is not the way things are going to be today, this year. And I think we all have to learn to adapt to the new chapter. Because the story of your life, the story of my life, is being written and chapters end and new chapters begin. And that's the book of our life. And some people get stuck in the mental model of a chapter that God is wanting to bring it to an end, but they keep going back to it. Or they actually liked that chapter, but that chapter is over. I've always struggled with the transition of people. I don't know about you, but it is very much a struggle for me to see people come and go so much in, in life, in church, the, the transition of it all. And, and for, for the longest time, I just really had internal struggles with, with when people move on. Why do people move on so much? Why do people transition so much? Why don't people stay planted in the house of God? You know, and I understand sometimes it is legit, but it seems to me a lot of times it's not legit. And I've, I've come to realize that the end of a chapter that I'm going, oh, darn, is actually where God goes, oh, yes. Like, I want it to keep staying the same because I'm used to that group, that grouping, those people. But now it's a new season, it's a new era, and I've got to have a new mental model to receive what God has for me in this era that he didn't have for me in the last era. The end is really the beginning. You with me on this one? And I think, I think realizing that what we call an end, the Bible is actually calling fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. The Bible doesn't say the end of John, the beginning of Jesus. It just says the time is fulfilled. That season is over. All of us experience changes or losses, that the regret of that can start to get in our soul. So we, we lost this relationship, and we go, oh, we lost the job. The kids are grown up, and things change. The way things used to be is not the same anymore. I'm just here to announce to you today Thank God you made it to church because I want to say you reached the end of 2016. There's some people that have probably moved on. Things have changed. This is the beginning of a new chapter. This is the beginning of a new era for you. Come on, I want you to receive it. I, I, 
I am, I am building my expectation of 2017, at least for our church, out of this Psalm 65 passage. Because that word has the power within it to fulfill itself. And I'm letting it shape the way I think. I'm letting it shape the way I, I view things. I, I'm not looking for 2017 to be a repeat of 2016. I'm looking for 2017 to be what Psalm 65 is telling me. And I, I believe that not only is this a new chapter for our church, but I believe this could, 2017 version of you could be a brand new chapter. I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was a chef that's very well known in the chef world. I don't even know the chef world. Uh, but I was listening to this podcast, and he was talking about a restaurant that he worked at in England that was, an, an, um, that, that was led by an amazing chef that he was being mentored by. But they hardly had any traffic in their, in their restaurant at all. And he said the food was outstanding. The food was unbelievably good. And the presentation of it and the effort and the energy to make it excellent was just above and beyond anything he'd ever been a part of. And he as a chef was so captivated by this guy's passion for cooking and the way that he cooked. And, and they were at a, uh, a presentation of 800 chefs from across England. And the main chef there did a presentation that literally had all the other chefs in England that were at this meeting, this convention, standing ovation. Now, I've had some good food, but standing ovation, that's serious. <laughs> I, I would think a standing nap would be a good response. But, but out of this, uh, the, the restaurant was given a, a three-star Michelin rating. I don't really know a lot about Michelin ratings, but, I, but I'm thinking three-star doesn't sound that big, but it was like a huge accolade. It was one of the first restaurants, maybe one of the very few in England that had ever been given a three-star Michelin rating. And they were given this rating, and, and they were like, all of a sudden, the, the chef said, the night before the convention, their restaurant was empty. After the three-star Michelin rating, they had a waiting line two months long to get people in. In a day, everything changed. How many of you believe that in a day, God can? Every new kingdom at hand. That's what Jesus said. The kingdom is at hand. Repent. Every new kingdom at hand requires a new repentance. Things are not the way they used to be. But you got to make the change from John to Jesus. From 2016 to 2017. I want you to bow your heads and I want to pray together. Father, I'm grateful for every person that's in this room. The, the future that you have in your heart for each one of us, I believe, 
is outstanding, full of grace, full of peace, full of blessing, full of your goodness. Lord, I'm praying for promises to be spoken from your word into every life that is here today. Every person that is watching these moments together online with us. Let 2017 be a new era shaped by a new mental model that's built out of the promise of God for our life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, can I just take this moment right before we are coming to the end of this meeting? Maybe you're here today and you know that you have never really just submitted your life to Jesus. I'm not asking, do you go to church or have you had some religious thoughts, but in a personal, real, meaningful way, you've never just said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. You know it's time for you to make that move. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you used to be in that kind of relationship to the Lord Jesus, but you have drifted away from that. You've fallen away. Things have come in between you and the Lord. And this would be a perfect time for you to come back home, to embrace God as your Father, to embrace Jesus as your Lord, to begin again to pursue God. Maybe you're just here feeling unsure about where you stand, but I just want to do this. No one's looking around. We're just praying together. You've never given your life to Jesus or you've fallen away from what used to be a close relationship with him or you feel unsure, but you say, Pastor, I want, I want to be connected to God in a real and meaningful way. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand all over this room and just say, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, that's me. No shame in this. Just right where you are. Open your heart. Lift your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, anybody else? Just right here, thank you. Anybody else? Just says, I, I, I want to open my life. I want to submit my heart to Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much. Hey, let's pray this prayer together. This is for everybody that lifted their hand, but I would love for us all to pray this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a new day, a fresh start, a new beginning as I receive Jesus. Fresh, new, as a Lord of my life, help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.